0: How you doing, Johnny?
1: I'm doing great.
0: How was your Christmas break and your New Year's?
1: Let's see. Christmas break was so good. I was on vacation for Christmas, and it was very restful and very rejuvenating, and I enjoyed that. New Year's, new Year's was pretty low-key. I did end up staying up um, until the new year. I think I practiced some guitar and... My my parents and I um, and Heather we played um, we played Boggle together over the internet. Um, it was indeed a New Year's. I said for the ages, and my parents replied that they thought it was a New Year's for the aged. <laughs> and so we enjoyed that together. I wanted to share that joke with you all, podcast family. Kind of, kind of was a slow build, but I think all of you will say it was worth it.
0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the MGC podcast, where we desire to go deep into the Christian faith. My name is Alex Portillo, and I am your host. On today's episode, we interview Pastor Johnny about gratitude. We ask ourselves, how does God work in our lives despite the hard things? We also explore the background and the message of the first 11 verses of the book of Philippians. Thank you for joining us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: It will continue. It will progress our transformation that work of being changed that will be ongoing as well so we can we can look at the world around us we can look at the brokenness in our own lives and we can say yes that's here today might be it might be here tomorrow but it's gonna be different tomorrow and it's gonna be different next week and next month and next year and next decade because Jesus is doing a work in my life and I can be confident in that because He who began a good work in me will carry it on until the day when Jesus Mm -hmm. returns.
0: Welcome to the year 2021. Are we starting in a good place? Well, that's the question we're exploring today with Pastor Johnny. We're asking ourselves, do we have everything that we need right now in order to confidently say that we are starting in a good place? And we're gonna answer this question by spending the first few weeks of the year going through the book of Philippians. Pastor Johnny, I wanna thank you for joining us today to begin this journey through the book of Philippians. Can you explain to us what the context in which Paul writes the book of Philippians is?
1: We believe generally the book of Philippians was written around 60 AD so this is approximately 30 years after Jesus appeared on the scene some time has passed and uh, there are churches now all over the greater Mediterranean and one of those churches is in Philippi which was an ancient city in Greece This city was one that the Apostle Paul visited on his missionary journeys so Paul has been gone for about 10 years and now he is in Rome and he is imprisoned not in a sort of traditional uh, prison jail type uh, cell experience but he is in a home with an armed guard so he's under house arrest as he waits to be tried um, before the emperor and of course, this limits what he's able to do. Of course, it's kind of a discouraging situation. The Philippians hear about it, and they send this fellow named Epaphroditus to Paul, and they send some funds as well to help him. He's, he's probably limited in his ability to, to earn an income. And the letter called Philippians is the response that Paul sends to this church. Paul, writing the letter to the Philippian church, around 60 AD from house arrest in the city of Rome in Italy.
0: Paul begins by expressing his gratitude for the recipients of the letter. Who is Paul writing to and why is he writing to them? Like, why is Paul so grateful for them other than the funds that they are sending to him? It's, it's
1: pretty cool. Um, The way that the letter starts out as you mentioned, um, of course the the first couple verses are pretty standard greeting uh, But in verse 3 Paul really jumps in and he says I'm thankful for you. I thank God for you every time I remember you and Then whenever I pray during my regular prayer times, I thank God for you And then he gives three reasons. He gives three reasons why he's thankful for them. And the first one uh, is I believe just this one. He's thankful for them because they have partnered with him in ministry. He's he's thankful for them um, because from the very first when he first shared the word of God with them when they found out the good news about Jesus, from that moment on they have they've been in the trenches with him and so they've sent they've sent funds to him to support the ministry that he's doing. So it's like th- it's that bond that you get when you're really on the front lines with people, you talk to people who serve maybe in the military, for example, and it's like, man, if I meet another veteran, it's like we're friends. We click automatically, you know, and so it's it's the way that they've invested, number one, in the ministry of Jesus and specifically in Paul's ministry itself. The second reason that Paul gives, Paul sees in their lives, sees in their experience of conversion, and then how they have progressed that God is doing something amazing inside of them. It's the parent who watches the child who's born an infant and is totally dependent and then that child grows up, right? And and goes to the first day of school and then graduates from eighth grade and then goes to high school and gets a driver's license and graduates from high school and, and moves out and gets into the workforce. And the parent says, you know, wow, I'm so thankful for what has happened in your life and Paul is saying that of them but not just in the literal you know maturation process of going through life but spiritually God has been transforming them and um, Paul knows that God is faithful to transform them to complete this work to to complete the the experience of salvation in each one of those people's lives And then the third reason that Paul gives is the love for them that God has put in Paul's own heart. So these are the three reasons.
0: In verse 6, Paul says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, Will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns what does this verse mean what is this work Paul is talking about
1: I'll start with the second question that you asked there when you look through Scripture when you look through Paul's letters specifically to see what is the work. That God is doing in people's lives. So I, I actually searched, uh, I, I searched with, with some electronic resources for when God is the subject and people or the church are the object. So God, verb, object, right? Subject, verb, object. God is the subject acting on the object. What is that thing that God is doing? What is God bringing about in people, for people, to people, against people? What is God's work? It comes pretty clear. There's there's about 25 references throughout the letters where Paul describes how God's work in people's lives is the work of salvation. What is God's work? God's work is saving us, but also God's work transforms us so that our fruit can actually reflect the character of Jesus. So the work of God is twofold. That initial act of salvation in Jesus at the cross and through the spirit transforming us so that we can reflect that character more and more over the course of our lives. When we talk about then your first question, uh, Philippians 1.6, what does this verse mean? How How does it relate to us? It means, again, two things. First, he who began a good work will continue it. Who's the he? It's God. God who did the saving work will continue to do it, which means we can be confident. We can be totally confident in God. He's the one who's going to do it. It doesn't matter how great I am. It doesn't matter how much I mess up. God is the one who carries it out. The, the second thing that this, that this means is that it will continue it will progress our transformation that work of being changed that will be ongoing as well so we can we can look at the world around us we can look at the brokenness in our own lives and we can say yes that's here today might be it might be here tomorrow but it's going to be different tomorrow and it's going to be different next week and next month and next year and next decade because jesus is doing a work in my life and i can be confident in that because He who began a good work in me will carry it on until the day when Jesus returns.
0: It seems that Paul is in a tough spot. He is in prison. He is in house arrest. He is chained up. But you say that Paul believes he is in a good place. Can you expand on this?
1: There is this great movie that I saw when I was young, and probably many of our listeners have have watched it as well, called The Prince of Egypt. And there's this song that uh, Jethro uh, sort of invites Moses into and, and sings to him midway through the movie. He's he's singing about looking at your life through heaven's eyes. You know, Moses has come from being a prince of Egypt and now he's a shepherd. He feels like he's nothing. He feels like his identity has been taken away, like he's lost everything. And Jethro says, you know, look at your life through heaven's eyes. A single thread in, t- in a tapestry though it's color brightly shines, you know, does it think it's more important? And the pattern of the grand design, I'm, I might have missed a lyric or two there, but that's that's the feeling. This is what I think is going on for Paul, for us, for so many of us. We look at our lives and and we look at how bedraggled they are. We look at the difficulties. We look at the the prison sentences, the the hard things going on in our families, the uh, difficulties at work, the difficulties in our own hearts with our with our addictions with our our areas of brokenness with our struggles we look at these things and we say i'm in a bad place i'm chained up i'm under house arrest how could things get any worse i'm in covid i am stuck at home i'm not able to hang out with my friends how could things get any worse What Paul is able to do is look at his life in the words of Jethro and the Prince of Egypt through heaven's eyes. He's able to to look and we see it in this section about Thanksgiving. He looks at these things and he says, I actually have everything that I need. Look, I have a community that's that's provided so generously for me. Not perfectly. He wasn't living high in Rome, but he had a community that encouraged him, that sent someone to, to help him, to be present with him. They, they also sent some funds to help out. I'm sure he could have done with more, but they did what they could. And so he had this support from a community, and he, and he felt that. So he was like, wow, I have, I have this thing that I need. And, and not only that, but he also got to see God's work in those people god's transforming work god's saving work he saw people's lives change. so he said how 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 much better could it get not this couldn't get any worse but but this couldn't get any better and then on top of that he has this bond in the spirit of christ a family a a unity that is that is deeper than blood and dna that has put this transforming love in his heart the very love of god paul in the middle of a very difficult situation is able to say how could things get any worse how could things get any better how how could this be improved upon i have all the things that i need because i've got family i've got jesus i've got what i need so he has a lot to be thankful for and he's able to 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 channel that gratitude into a letter to encourage others who are struggling, to witness to others who are struggling. And that is the letter of the Philippians.
0: Are we starting 2021 in a good place?
1: When I consider the things that I like, the things that I enjoy, the things that make my life comfortable, generally... I would say no. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to identify that 2021 is right on the heels of 2020 where where things have been hard, where covid has been hard, where relationships and community have been hard, political discourse has been extremely vitriolic and hateful. There's, there's miscommunications and frustrations with, with school and work. Unemployment is high. All sorts of things we, we look at and we say, this doesn't reflect what heaven is going to be like. When you see heaven described in uh, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 or Revelation, uh, there at the end of the book of Revelation, you're like, well, this, this is not heaven, right? This is not a good place. This is a broken place. So, I, w- I would say no on that count but when i think about philippians when i think about paul i can't help i mean the 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 i think we've already made the connections in this conversation but but they're obvious i mean paul is quarantined he's stuck with just a few people whoever it is that that has the strength and the the audacity to go visit him right and uh and so he's limited in what he can do and with who he can interact with. Um, he's stuck with people who maybe sometimes, just like some of our families, sometimes maybe maybe make life a little bit uncomfortable for us, right? And yet, he recognizes again this perspective that there's that there's a divine perspective that there's something going on here. And I I think that the same is true for us in 2021. When I when I think with a, I think, the, the perspective of heaven, I have to say that we are starting 2021 in a good place. We're starting 2021 with a recognition that we are limited, that we aren't in control of everything. In fact, that we're in control of very little. This reality, I think, wakes us up to, to our dependence on something more than ourselves, our need for community, our need for others, for support, our need for Jesus, our need for God, the Father and God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus to, to save us, the Holy Spirit to empower us, the, the, the Father to guide and, and direct us and be sovereign over all creation. That dependency, that is a good thing. That is a good place to start because Jesus can work with dependent hearts. It's, it's a good thing because in our loneliness, our hunger for community has been awakened. So when we hear about the opportunity to be involved in a connect group, when maybe during the regular time, uh, the time before COVID, uh, we would have said, oh, that's fine. You know, they're doing their thing. Now maybe because we're, we're feeling a hunger for community a little bit more deeply, you know, we say, oh man, I'm going to plug in with that. I'm going to connect. I'm going to develop an intimate friendship that maybe I wouldn't have before. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to send a text message. I'm going to send an email. I'm going to reach out because because we're more desperate for community. And so these things that in many ways are negative, I think that they can be positive. That's one. Secondly, I, I think that, in general, in line with the, with the Philippian message, the message in this first section of the book of Philippians, we have the same things that Paul has. The same things that Paul is grateful for, we also have to be grateful for. Paul saw the church stepping up and providing for ministry. We see that too. We get to be a part of a team that is spreading love across the globe. And we get to see God's work in people's lives that comes out of that ministry. We get to see people's lives transformed. Our sermon series before Advent was focused on Life Together, where Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about how there is a bond in Christian community that is is deeper than anything else. We still have access to that. Paul had access to it. Bonhoeffer had access to it in the 1940s we have access to it in 2021 and so it's this bond that puts the love of Jesus in us this deep fellowship with each other because of our identity in Christ so we have these same things to be thankful for that Paul has to be thankful for I think that makes 2021 a good place and I think that makes 2022 a good place because these things won't be taken from us.
0: Please share with us some practical wisdom that you draw from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11.
1: First, I think that this passage teaches us confidence. We can be confident in God. We can be confident in God's work in our lives. And so we can live our life with confidence. We can live our life not questioning, am I going to be saved? Am I good enough? Uh, Am I perfect enough? Have Have I failed this and that? If I fail this and that, then I am a horrible human being. You know, the self-talk that we get into. This passage encourages us. Hey, you don't have to live there. You can be confident because he who began a good work and you will continue it. Secondly, we can be humble because of this passage. Instead of saying, well, I'm saved I've got it all figured out. I don't need to I don't need to worry. I don't need to be different. I can I can just keep living in my mess and it doesn't matter because I'm saved. We don't have to be stuck in that trap either because we look at this passage and it says God is going to continue. God is going to carry on. God is going to keep on working in your life. There's going to be progress. We can expect that there is going to be change in our lives, that I'm that I'm gonna be, that I'm gonna be wrong sometimes. I'm going to hurt the people around me sometimes. God working in my life over the course of my life can and will change that. And I can partner with God in changing that. So I can be humble. I don't have to, I don't have to live in fear of making a mistake and then that costing me everything right we can say okay mistakes happen but God is going to keep working I think that's a, a wonderful and humble thing third Paul is is deeply committed to prayer and I think that that's an example worth emulating this commitment to prayer that's part of Paul's life I think we can apply that to our own lives and say man this reaching out to God as to a friend I want to do that and fourthly Paul's gratitude i think gratitude is a practice that we can embrace paul when he thinks of people when he considers them when they come to his mind as he's as he's walking down the street or or lying down in his in his bed when someone comes to his mind he's thinking about man what's the good thing that god is doing in them through them and that brings gratitude into his life when he sees people around him He's, he's finding things to celebrate. And I think that that's another practical practice that we can take on looking at the world saying, man, what's out here to be grateful for?
0: Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the MGC podcast. If you haven't done so yet, go to iTunes and leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at MGC underscore podcast. These are small things, but they really help us and they help others find us as well.